Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Sandspants Radio, Australia's most biased podcast network. Hey everyone, welcome to Bookish. I'm George Demarellis. This is a show we ask you, what's your story and what does it say about you? Today on the show, we have comedian and podcaster Alex J. How you doing, Alex? Hello, thank you so much for having me. I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I feel like I said Alex then for some reason. Alex, that's fun. That's like the Eastern European version. Yeah, it sounds threatening oh, in a weird way. <laughs> <laughs> it's pronounced Alex. <laughs> Alex. <laughs> and now you'll die. Yeah. But yes, Alex J, yes. So what's what's going on? How are you doing? I'm good. Just plugging along. I'm loving being able to podcast remotely from my own home. This is just lovely. Is this a new thing for you? I haven't done a lot of guesting as remote, no, because, I mean, not to brag, but I'm in Sydney, you know, when we have a kind of different situations at the moment. Oh, yeah, that's bragging. That's definitely bragging. Yeah, that that's is, bragging. Uh, yeah, yeah. I said I don't mean to, but I meant to. <laughs> oh, you meant to. That was, that was definitely one of those, like, I don't want to say anything, but... Uh, Here I go. Yeah, it's the exact thing I said I'm not going to say. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> I actually probably should have asked you this off recording first, but you just got back from the hospital. What were you doing there? Or like working there? Oh, I work, I work at a hospital. Yeah, I yeah. work in, I'm an admin officer in a COVID clinic at a hospital here in Sydney. So that's a lot of fun. That's pretty full on. Is there a lot going on now for Sydney? Yeah, we, we're having some hotspots pop up here and there that people are freaking out about. But like, yeah, I work in a testing clinic. So our numbers are just still like as high as they were like a month or two ago. People are still getting tested pretty regularly, which is good. Yeah. That is, and the fact that that's a good sign. So, uh, so how many times have like has like someone been in there for obviously something completely unrelated, and the doctors have said, "Hey, we'll pay you ten thousand dollars if you call this coronavirus." Mm-hmm. Does that happen a lot, <laughs> or you can't say anything, can you? Look, I can't, I can't say yes or no to that, but I will just wink. Right. We got it, guys. We got it. I knew it. Yeah. We've got so much money to pay yeah. people in the public health system. Yeah. Uh, do, you, do you get questions like that when you mention this stuff? I feel like that's something you'd be considered a source um, now since you're there. No, I mean, not that. That's like, that's conspiracy level 
questions. I've not had that so much. It's more about like, have you made anyone cry by swabbing them? That kind of, those kind of questions. Have you made anyone cry by swabbing them? Well, unfortunately, because I'm not a nurse or a doctor, I don't get to do the swabbing and I'm very jealous. (laughs) Well, you got a bit of a masochistic vibe? Maybe. I don't know. I just want to have a go. Just want to. Oh, sadistic vibes. Hat in the ring. (laughs) (laughs) Masochistic is if you just kept on getting tested, that would be the masochistic. (laughs) To to myself, yeah. Have you had a test? Have you gone and gotten tested? (laughs) No, I haven't. Have you? Shouldn't you have to since you're working in the clinic? Oh, no. So it's very safe. We're in full PPE all day and we don't have any contact like with, and all of the patients that come in like wear masks and hand hygiene and it's very safe. So we're often saying like the clinics are like actually the safest places in Sydney to go (laughs) because... Oh, definitely. You can't catch it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I mean, unrelated, but it's definitely safer than anywhere out west. I mean, <laughs> right, true, <laughs> yeah. Parramatta. Yeah. I mean, let's go. <laughs> oh, my God, don't get me started. No, I love you guys in Parramatta. I know, same, I do, of course. Great, great nightlife there. Are you, you're from Sydney, born and raised? Pretty much. I'm from the Central Coast, which is like an hour and a half north, but I've been living in Sydney for like most part of the last 10 years kind of thing, so. Did you go there for... Uh, comedy or unrelated? Pretty much, yeah. Like here and there for other jobs and I've like kind of back and forth to the coast but I've been down here solidly for six years since starting comedy, yeah. Nice. And it's nice. I like it up here. I love Melbourne though. I do miss Melbourne. Did you used to visit a lot? Yeah, I lived there for a little bit, like in my early 20s for like a year and then visiting and then, you know, the the festival and stuff and we're all meant to come down this year, of course, but it was cancelled. Yeah, yeah, I've heard about that. But Love my yearly Melbourne trip. It's it's even for someone from Melbourne, it is like a trip during a comedy festival because it's so different. Like, is it just yeah, how, right? It's so rocking. It's a great vibe. The city comes alive. Yeah, yeah. It's and, beautiful. And Melbourne, look. Yes, right now we're a plague-riddled wasteland, but the of rest of the year, best city. We don't begrudge you that. Yeah, best city easily. <laughs> like, as in, just in terms of because like oh. Sydney CBD during the weekend and stuff is. A cold and scary place. It's don't bother. Yeah, yeah, it's terrifying. I never go into the city. I'm like you live in the inner west, so I'm very much like happy to stay in my little inner west bubble. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, no, that's that's the difference. Melbourne, at least, it's got like that buzzing sort of thing. You know. Yeah, Melbourne CBD is that's where it's at. Yeah, it's a good vibe. Yeah, I like it. Outside but, of outside of wasteland times, of course. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Although I'm still waiting for some sort of outbreak in Sydney. It's very upsetting to me. You guys haven't had anything. It doesn't make any sense. We, well, yeah, we have clusters and hotspots and stuff, but I just guess nothing that anyone's like freaking out about yet. Oh, look, a part of me does want you guys to have something. I know that's mean, but I do too. I'm an empath, so <laughs> <laughs> keeps you busy we as well. Talking. Yeah, you're, you are employed by it too, so I think it's that's true. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> That's the conspiracy. I want my. I want to keep my job. Yeah, yeah, Let's exactly. Keep this going. <laughs> You're going to just put poke a couple of holes in the PPE next time. Yeah. <laughs> Not your own. Just the people you don't like at work. That's the secret. Yeah, that's fun. <laughs> the media will love that. <laughs> hey, it'll be great for my podcast. Having you admit it. Yeah, this, true. It'd be fantastic. Oh, man. Yeah. Huge. You'll have like an inquest into your podcast. (laughs) That's so good. Uh, Okay, so you've picked an interesting book. So I don't know if I should, you know, let's go with the book and then we'll slowly build because I do want to talk about some of the stuff you have actually done in your own career, but I guess maybe we can jump back and forth. So how about we start with the book because I do, it's an interesting choice. So do you want to? Do you want to introduce it? Sure. Okay. So I'm not a big reader. So I have read like a few books over, you know, in recent years, but nothing like has just, stood out to me at all as like my favourite book or anything. So then I 
instead cast my mind back to what what's like the book I've read the most over the years. And it turns out it's this book that was like my favourite book as a, like from like age 10 onwards kind of thing and I was obsessed with it. I read the entire series like I think five times over and that book is called Flowers in the Attic. Mm-hmm. I didn't remember a lot about it. I remember like the vague storyline. So... I the other day just to brush up I went on Wikipedia and read the synopsis and it's fucked. It's so <laughs> and fucked. I am like now I do remember all of the storylines and how fucked up it was and why was I allowed to read that as a child? That's my main question to I, my mother. Look, there's a lot of questions. I didn't know I didn't know this yeah. book. I went and looked it okay, up. Okay, so have you had you never heard of it? No. I had not heard of it. Cuz I And I you know what? I'm, like, I'm kind of glad. I mean, the problem is why you're a, you know, well person. Well adjusted, yeah, yeah. <laughs> haven't heard of this fucked book. I can't believe and it. And like, I think, I think it's pretty famous. Like they've made a couple of movies about it. I think there was this TV series made and like, I think it's, it's around. People know of Flowers in the Attic, but I don't know if people were like obsessed with it or anything like I was. Um, so that's interesting. Okay, so you haven't heard of it. Have you heard of the author Virginia Andrews before? No, so that's a... Okay, yeah. interesting. You do, it's, cool. Look, I, there's so many books. <laughs> of course, you know, of course. I can't, I can't, I can't <laughs> I have... mean, not to me. There's like five, but sure, <laughs> to a well-read person. <laughs> there's so many, yeah, exactly. I can't keep up. But look, it is... Yeah. So that's why I didn't, know, I didn't know anything about this and reading the uh, synopsis. Look, it sounds salacious. Look, it sounds entertaining. Like, I get it. It, it is entertaining, mm. yeah. It's... Yes. Can you give a brief summary? I mean, we don't really care about spoilers on this show, but like, okay, do you just give a brief, whatever, how much you want sure. to say about it? <laughs> it's yes. Um, so it's based around this family, and most of Virginia Andrews' books and series are all like family dramas for dramas. So it's based around this family called the Dollingangers or Dollingangers. I guess I've never said that out loud before. I've only ever read it. And so it's like mum and dad and four kids and then dad dies and mum is destitute. So she takes the kids to her estranged, very rich parents' mansion to like beg her parents for money. Um, but then it turns out, <laughs> hey. fuck, it's so crazy. So then it, the mum like hides the kids in the attic away from the dying grandfather because she wants to like get back in his good graces before saying, hey, I've also got some kids. But then time goes on and the mum kind of stops visiting and then the kids are just locked in this attic, like they have secrets, they're not allowed to exist. The grandma comes and feeds them, but she's evil. And so then they basically just start trying to kill off the kids using like (laughs) arsenic. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and because then it turns out that the reason she's estranged from her parents is because her now late husband was actually her half uncle and they got married knowing that they were related and then the dad like kicked her out and he's like you don't get any of my money if you've got any surviving grandchildren so she's basically trying to kill the kids off and it's from the perspective of Kathy the oldest daughter so that's just basically the premise. And then yeah. it goes, but the whole the whole book is there like I think like a few years span of them like being pris- held prisoner in this attic. And kind of the most shocking thing of it is that <laughs> the oldest daughter and the oldest son end up falling in love with each other <laughs> and like have sex and stuff. 
<laughs> They're both of age. Like, I think she's 16 and he's 17. So, I mean, it's said in like the so 50s it's fine. or whatever. Yeah, so. yeah, that, then it's yeah, totally fine. Yeah, so it's fine. That's definitely that's, the main issue that we were having. <laughs> that's what we should focus on is the age of consent. So, yeah, and then the rest, so that's that's a big spoiler. Like, they get together, basically. One of the other little kids dies and then they escape the attic and the rest of the five-book series is them still, like, they got married to each other and I think they have kids and stuff and... um. That's oh, wow. my so, favorite childhood book, apparently. Ten years old. Ten years I old. I think I'm pretty. Yeah, I, I have vivid memories of reading it for the first time at my nan's house, and yeah, I think I was around ten or eleven years old. At your nan's mm. house as well. Yeah, I mean, not that she made me read it, but <laughs> that's just I just remember that's where I was. But like, it sounds like she would have seen you reading it. You'd think, or you would have been like, "Hey, nan, can I borrow this?" Yeah, I think maybe I even borrowed it from her. I don't know. I think it was just weird back then. This is the nineties, man. Like, I think it was just you could do like, anything. Yeah, no one gave a shit. Just like she's reading, good. That's and she's out of my hair. Your nan sounds super chill. I like her already. She was very chill, that's, very cool lady. Yeah, that's her reading habits herself, and she's spreading onto you at that age. She's like, yeah, just go for it. True. I mean, maybe I might. Maybe I was like hiding it behind a Nancy Drew book or something. Who knows? But so different. Like you really upgraded very quickly. Very I don't know if you can go back oh, to Nancy yeah. Drew after that. Oh, child's play. Yuck. Yeah, it's like, oh, where's where's the incest? Yes, I need that. I was going to say, you're, <laughs> just think of your porn categories. Like I said, it's it's very likely yeah. to be. I mean, maybe it has informed my porn categories. We don't know. I was going to say, it sounds like you're just ahead of the curve. Like the whole world's apparently gone that way. It sounds like you were just way ahead of them. I was just. You were just a pioneer. 20 years ahead. Yeah, just 10 years old. Oh, dear. But even like, so like even the. Porn, like Pornhub, incesty channels are usually like stepbrother, stepsister, stepmom, stepson. Like this book goes full on. Like there's no like you can't reason your way out of it by saying there's no blood relation or anything. Mm. Like it is full on full blood brother and sister hooking up and that's like the love story. Like that's the romantic storyline in this book. <laughs> that's Look, that's the weirdest part because like, you know, I... Mm. I'm Greek background. We are all about the incest stories, but usually the person gets <laughs> punished at the end, you know? Like there's right. some sort of punishment. No. There is no punishment in this. No. They, they just have a lovely, happy life together. Yeah. <laughs> they go into it fully aware of what they're getting into and yeah. it all works out great. I mean... Like, I mean, I'm sure there's like... It's like the psychology behind it. You know, they've been kept prisoner. That They're the only people they've ever seen for the last, like, four years or something. Like, they don't just jump straight into bed, you know, the minute they get upstairs. But um, it's over a long time and they kind of end they up They get to know each other first. Like, yeah, they really form, like, a strong friendship first. Yeah, it's like, it's like so romantic, important. you know. It's not... So important. Yeah, it's not just some fling, okay. It's... Like, it's like don't they, sully yeah. their experience. Exactly. It's like, oh, how dare you? Oh, this is love, goddammit. <laughs> and so, yeah, so I'm sure there's psychology behind it of like, you know, like Stockholm Syndrome but with your other prisoners or whatever. Like, And they they, did, they moved there when they were like 14 and then they escaped when they are like 18. So it's like they're, you know, height of their puberty and, and sexual awakening and shit. But the thing is like this is like it's not a psychological delve into this situation, this book is very much just like it's like a drama thriller, like yeah, yeah, 
it's just... It's a really easy, quick read too. Like I was reading up about the author, Virginia Andrews, and like her whole thing was that she like, she loves that she she writes stories that people can like can't put down and you can kind of get through them in a couple of days. It's like, because there's always something happening. Mm. And there fucking was always something happening in this book. <laughs> Sounds like it. <laughs> it's a lot. Yeah, yeah. So so why do you think like you, do you, can you even remember why? Why maybe it caught your attention? Look, I... I have to I have to believe that maybe I just didn't really get or understand or properly clock the incest part of it and <laughs> I know, have to like, believe that for myself. I need I need that. <laughs> this has never that's, felt that's, more like therapy than right now. That's my narrative that I'm applying okay. and you can't tell me otherwise. I'm not, I I I don't want to. <laughs> um so yeah like I just remember like it was very much because, like, I was reading it as, you know, a preteen and teen and so it had sex scenes in it, you know, so that was, like, cool and naughty and horny for me as, like, a little kid. Um, and then I just also I just loved reading stuff that was just fucked up, like, in general, like, just, you know, that morbid curiosity. So, like, all the stuff around them being prisoner and being poisoned and the deceit and all that stuff, I fucking loved that. So I have to believe it was more about that than the incest. <laughs> I have to. Look, I like to think of it all just as a whole package, you know? So, sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You can't get the locking up of the poison without the incest. That's part of the story. But That's, I've always said that. So is that actually fed <laughs> like, do you, have you found you, you gravitate towards that sort of stuff now, like all the way through? You've yeah. always had a thing yeah. for that? Yeah. Yeah, definitely, because then I'm, like, when I left school, I got really into, like, criminal psychology and stuff, and then I did, like, a degree in criminology and then a postgrad in forensic mental health. So, like, maybe that was, like, my first step into just really, like, being super interested in, like, people being fucked up, <laughs> I guess. Wow, okay, that's and, yeah, actually, that yeah. Has, that's... That has carried through. I never did anything with those degrees uh, professionally, of mm. course, but... I can't believe it's that related to what you studied. Like <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah. So like yeah, the 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 mom like like reading about the mom and why she went from being this like wonderful mother and then she got was corrupted by the idea of a massive inheritance and money and she just like abandoned her children in the worst possible way because of that like that was always very interesting to yeah. me like how can people be so fucked up. Like I guess the it sounds like in this book are they they're broke? They've lost everything, and they go to this family and get this inheritance thing. Is that how it works? Yes, that's the yeah. So the dad it's set like ages ago. Um, maybe not the fifties, but it was like she was a stay at home mom, so she didn't have a job or any qualifications. So once her husband died, she was yeah, she was destitute. I don't know. It's hard to relate, isn't it? When you if you lost everything, but then she gets greedy. That's the issue. She actually gets greedy and wants more than yes. So when she finds out what the clause is for her getting this inheritance, which is that she can't have any descendants, like she stops visiting them, so she's like super neglectful. There's four kids. Kathy's like 16. I think Chris is like 17 aroundabouts and then they've got two little twin brother and sister who are like eight. So then they kind of end up being like they kind of end up raising the younger kids and acting like mother and father to them, which is cool and that's when they fall in love. (laughs) That'll do it. That will do it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's um, the mum just like starts to try and kill them by feeding them arsenic-covered donuts as a treat. (sighs) I mean, I love how much some parts of this do sound almost like that's the weird part. Even when you were describing it before, it's parts of this sounded like almost a fairy tale up until you got to the messed mm. up part. It's like, oh, yeah, the poor family right? go to the wicked, 
stepmother. Yes. And the, it's like it sounds yeah. so fairy tale esque, and then just takes this really messed up. Definitely, and she does that. A lot. Oh, I will also say that. So Virginia Andrews, the the author, this is her biggest series: is Flowers in the Attic. And then she, I think she did a couple of other big ones, and then she died. And then her family, her estate hired a ghostwriter to continue writing for her under the name of VC Andrews. And then he has written like 20 other series, all very similar, all based around families that break up or are fucked up and very abusive. But I've read a lot of them and virtually every series has incest in them. <laughs> I don't know And why. I've checked. I just keep uh, going. It's like, does this one have incest? <laughs> does this one Oh, there they are. <laughs> there they are. <laughs> So, yes, I think that's, I don't know why they decided that was the theme they wanted to carry on with her legacy, but they did. <laughs> and there's lots of them. There's so fucking many of them. And, and, I've, and you've read them all, cover to cover. Almost. <laughs> I was going through the Wikipedia list like, oh, shit, I've read that one. I've read that one too. Like the whole series, there's like five and six books in each series. I mean, if yeah, I will still recommend it. Like it's a good read. It's still really interesting. And There's a big difference between the stuff you want to read about and <laughs> what it says about you, <laughs> like technically. Right. There's two very different yeah. things. So it's okay. I get it. It's like watching uh, uh-huh. It's like watching you. Have you seen that you show? Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Such, so much fun. Loved that show. So much fun. Yeah, see that. That kind of stuff. I love all that. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Uh, so. I get that. I get that. Although, see, it felt weird watching that because I'm like, oh man, he's some crazy book lover guy. That I'm like, oh no, <laughs> I'm gonna have to Uh-oh. watch myself. <laughs> Do you have a brother and sister? Any brothers and sisters? I have a. I have a sister. Thank you for asking. Um, <laughs> look, I felt it was relevant. <laughs> I don't like. I don't like where this line of questioning is going. And do you ever look at your sister and think, hmm, I'll have that? I look. Can't say I have. I, I can definitively say that's never happened. That's Thank good. goodness. That, I mean, that's yeah. that, that's healthy. That's that's normal. Yeah. Um, what about you? Do you have parents? <laughs> I do have parents. Okay. Um, and I, if I can just jump in, I haven't ever looked at them and thought, "Ha, oh, yeah." No, not even like maybe some. Got you're in the attic rummaging around. You see some old box full of <laughs> old photographs. You're like, "Ooh, who's Mom, this?" Can you lock me up here? Yeah. He's like, "Ooh." What if he just locked me up here for a bit, Mum? Exactly. <laughs> Find some photos of your dad. It's like he's a young hunk. You're like, oh, yeah. I see where Virginia Andrews is going. Yeah, I think I might write a story. <laughs> <laughs> I think I just found my muse. <laughs> and he's, wear, he's wearing boardies. That's my muse. Oh, he my. does fucking wear boardies. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. I'm going to read it again, I think. I've still got my original copy. So I think I'm going to give it another read. From 10, from 10 years old. Yeah. Oh, nice. That's a, I love when people have still got that copy from you staring off. Wait, just give me one second. I'll go find it. <laughs> All right. I know where it is. Okay. <laughs> okay, so this is it. Okay. This is my original copy. Oh, wow. It is well-worn. <laughs> that is, that is, whew, that spine is, ah, oh, it's hanging off. That is, a lot of people will be disgusted, but I love that. That is a, that is a well-loved book right there. <laughs> it is a very well-loved book. The compelling story of a family's betrayal and heartbreak, love and revenge, and then my own brackets and sexing each other. Yeah, like, I mean, it's important to focus on the things you like about the story, I guess. <laughs> but, like, okay, so let's just tie it in with other stuff. So I haven't, I haven't actually seen, so you do comedy. You've done stand-up now yes. for several years. I haven't seen your stand-up mm-hmm. myself, so you'll have to, like, enlighten mm-hmm. me on this. Do you feel like you touch upon these kind of topics, like the darker sort of stuff, or is that different? Oh, or? yeah, I have, like, someone, like, 
once wrote like a little bio-y thing saying that I'm like a bubbly personality with it, but the material's a darker edge kind of thing. It's not dark as such, but I do like talking about like sex and dating and all that kind of like anything that's a little bit taboo, but it's not even taboo oh, no, I was going to say, if you're calling that dark... <laughs> I'm worried about your sex and dating. Yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> We're not allowed to talk about it. Um, yeah, but so just not ne- – no, nothing. I've never had a bit about incest, I can't say. Oh, no? So it doesn't – so, yeah, cause it just, it, so this is more just like what you like to do in your own time but it doesn't feed into, I guess, your creative yeah, side of things. not so much, no. It's funny how it's, like, it's almost like an outlet because like, that's, that's the other side of this stuff. It can either be something you're relating to or it could be something that you, there's just so outside of what you kind of experience because do you consider – this is probably a boring, potentially boring train of thought but like pretty boring regular sort of upbringing, you know? Yeah, pretty boring. Pretty boring. So that's pro- that could be what it – yeah, it was. Like it was pretty normal. I mean obviously like with everyone's childhood it's like stuff happened and that informed or – for better or for worse, the way you kind of like ended up. But for the most part, yeah, very boring, very normal middle class kind of upbringing. So, yeah, maybe I just started to really like to read and watch movies and stuff about fucked up stuff because that was like an outlet. I can understand. That's totally understandable. It's one of those weird things about that kind of comfortable, more comfortable upbringing in a way. It's like Mm. it's almost boring (laughs) to discuss because it's like what is that? Yeah. It's like, yeah, I got no. Sorry. Sorry, it's kind of well adjusted. So it's kind of like, what have I got? You know? (laughs) I want to unpack what you just said there, though, because it sounds like you've talked about it before. That's the only reason, because I couldn't come up with it on the spot. But when you say like formative experiences that kind of have shaped you in a way, is there something that springs to mind when you say that? No, like specific experiences, but just like, you know, like things that inform like the way you process and uh, situations, I guess, without getting too specific, the way you see yourself in the world, like that's heavily, um, you know, influenced by your upbringing and just how you deal with anxiety or stress, all that kind of stuff. So, you know, there were some things there, I guess, but nothing, yeah, nothing that would be like, oh, okay, so that's why she likes these fucked up books or anything. <laughs> She's relating. <laughs> well, okay, so you like these books. Was this the kind of thing you shared with friends or was it just what you did on your own? Um, oh, actually, I asked my sister the other day if she, like, if she remembers the books and she said she did, but she'd never read them. So I, I always thought that we both read them growing up, but I guess it was just me, the little weirdo. But I don't think I got friends to read them or anything. I think I was just a little weirdo in my room. Kind of doing your own, having your own taste. Yeah. All right. Is that like, uh, I guess, to go down that path a bit? Is that something mostly you shared stuff or did you find yourself doing your own thing a lot of the time? Um, I was very insular, yeah. I did like all my own stuff. Yeah, and still to this day I love like being by myself and if I socialise too much I get really worn out like really quickly, that kind of thing. Growing up I had a really like obsessive personality. Like if I liked something I got really, really fucking into it. Most notably I was a massive Michael Jackson fan growing up, like obsessed and that's like for years all I would think about, all I would talk about and stuff. So I think with these books, like I was really into them and that's probably why I like race through the whole series over and over and over again because when I like something, that's all I'll like do for a long time. Oh, really? Like that's kind of, you could just, yeah. everything else kind of fades away. You can just focus on the one thing for... Yeah. I've always been like slightly jealous of that because that is a superpower in a way I've always found, that ability. Mm. So how, how, how obsessed with Michael Jackson were you? 
The Michael Jackson thing? Yeah. Oh, yeah, we can talk about that. Yeah, <laughs> it, sounds, uh, it sounds hilarious. That's why I want to know. Um, well, I have a Michael Jackson tattoo, thank you for asking, <laughs> that I haven't yet started to remove, but that's probably going to be on the cards at some point in the future. <laughs> okay, what is it, where is it, and how old were you when you got it? It's just his, he's got like a symbol with the M and then goes into the J, and it's on my ankle. I got it when I was like 19. That is- I was aware of the scandal, but I was heavily in <laughs> denial of it at that point. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. <laughs> so you just went and quietly showed solidarity by getting his symbol mm. tattooed on you. Just hope, let's just hope this doesn't ever come to fruition. <laughs> And last year, guess what? It very much did. Yeah, it, the, it, the world kind of, yeah, switched switched gears with old MJ. Although They were slowly switching gears for, for many years, but I think everyone was happy to kind of push that down. I haven't seen the documentary that obviously made everyone change their minds, but I read some stuff countering it and all that, and I'm still on the fence about it, to be honest. Oh, okay, yeah. interesting. I haven't watched it. My kind of stance is because I really was like a lifelong obsessive fan. Like it was the most, it was the most devastating, like in quotes, cancellation, I guess, that I've like encountered. But I, I, I my kind of stance is like I believe it. You know, believe victims. I 100% believe that this has happened. If that's what everyone's saying that happened, I believe it. I just can't bring myself to physically put it on my eyeballs and do that to my brain. Yeah, I can understand that. I mean, I think, okay, look, I have not done enough research on this. So I almost want someone to come along and correct me on it. But like, to me, I heard someone say once, the one thing that's like incriminating a bit is the, and this is going to sound so bad because I'm not trying to defend it or anything, but like there was a lot of question marks around the delay when the person did it and the fact that there was money offered for the documentary. And then the fact that there's never been a single piece of evidence ever outside of what everyone has known for 10 years and like Ah, no extra stuff came out. Like usually with these things, once a bit comes out, then a lot of other people come out of the woodwork. But in this case, that just hasn't happened. So Cosby style. It's it's Hmm, rare to see this kind of thing where actually the narrative that they had from the start has actually not been called into question. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like they haven't had updated. So that's a part which is 
But I don't know enough That's to know. That's That's what I thought was interesting. So I was like, maybe in this case, maybe he was just, you know, crazy. <laughs> In, in oh the loose God. use of I the mean, term. I mean, he was definitely fucking crazy. Yeah, yeah. He was a crazy man, 100%, and not a well man whatsoever. But, yeah, I think one day I'll, I'll end up watching it. I think I need to, but it's a slow it's a slow. Look, process. Um, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't know enough, and it sounds like I could be way off. So anyone listening, if they get upset about this, please to at me and tell me yeah. because I, I'm curious. And me but I, too. Be reasonable wanna, about it. Don't be angry yeah. and upset just because I haven't done the research yeah. <laughs> either. Because <laughs> that's the other side when people get a bit angry about that sort of where someone doesn't understand an issue and they can sound like they're trying to troll them and be stubbornly refusing the truth. Because uh, I actually found that recently and this is going off on a very big tangent now. I just kind of want to shoot. This is a different kind of bookish to what we usually do. <laughs> this is, okay. But, what, incest and... Famous pedophiles yeah, famous aren't pedophiles. normally in the content of your podcast? Yeah, no, okay. it's, it's, it's a lot of jokes. But like uh, the idea of, um, well, you said the cancel thing about like getting that, that, that cancel idea. So okay, on that topic for a second, actually, what is your attitude towards that sort of thing? Because like obviously let's say on the hypothetical that he did do it, Right, this this stuff. Does that mean you can't listen to his music anymore? Yeah, that's kind of what I've been doing. And I should have done like a long time ago. But again, I was in willful denial for a really long time. But when the that documentary came out and it really came like... Because like the last time everyone was talking about the Michael Jackson stuff was like probably when he died, which was like years and years and years ago, you know, like over 10 years ago. So I think that documentary was like the first time, especially in like the modern society of social media and everything and how everything has such a far reach now. Um, that was like the first time of it pro- like coming out in these days. Um, so as soon as that happened and I was like, shit, yeah, there's, there's too much, like I have to believe it, whether it is true or not. I don't know, but I have to believe it and act like it's true out of respect, I guess. Um, so I have stopped listening to his music and stuff here and there. It might accidentally come up on shuffle, but... Because I can understand, I guess, if it hurts you so much that someone's done that, you don't want to listen. It, it's coloured their music too much, if that's the issue that you kind of have. But, like, I mean, he's dead, so he's not getting any money from you listening to the music. So in that sense... Yeah, that's a, that's an interesting thing too. That's something my, my like, a brain has come up against as well, but who knows. But, like, I mean, with the cancellation thing, being a comedian, so many of my heroes have... And, and are being, like, cancelled. So that's that's probably been, like, a harder one to reconcile. Like, Louis C.K. was a big one for me, like, huge. And reconciling not being able to watch his stuff anymore was, like, that was really hard. I, and I guess that's where, like, I fall into, I guess, a different sort of sitting with it. And I, I have a... I have almost a brain condition about not taking in context very well in general, which has okay. made me have some bad social situations in my life. So this is part of an issue that I have. But like, if you, as long as the guy's not getting money or girl, I guess whatever the situation is, although it's usually a guy. Um, <laughs> heavily tipped in one favor. Yeah, yeah, it's a heavily tipped. Uh, as long as they're not getting money for or getting support and it's very much the story is there so you're not colouring the story by doing it, I don't see the point in that unless it's literally a case where maybe because of and this is definitely too deep for this podcast but if there is a situation where you feel because of maybe a yeah, personal like thing a personal experience or something yeah i yeah. can understand if that's the case if that's got a, that kind of triggering impact but because here's the thing right and here's my problem with it 
I feel like we need to learn to separate the stuff out in a way because like you loved Michael Jackson and let's say this stuff was kind of true and then because of your love of Michael Jackson not wanting to let go of, because he's got so many good tracks, you let him keep getting away with this. It's like we got to make those two things separate so you can still love the songs and hate because that way... It's actually better because it'll mean you're you're not a bad person for liking the stuff and the guy being that. Right. You know what I mean? Like, in, and if people yeah. have that issue, then that can kind of confuse that topic. It's the whole yeah, separate the art from the artist it, argument that I don't think we'll ever like the world won't ever come to an agreement about it. No, it was hard with Michael Jackson though because I did genuinely love him. Like I was in love with him as well. Like I wanted to marry him, and so that's learning what he is as a person, that was devastating. But with the Louis, like say Louis C.K. stuff, for me is more similar to what you mentioned earlier is like what he's done has affected his material to me now. Like it's, I think it has for a lot of people, like what we used to think was him being like a champion for women and super self-aware. Now when you watch it knowing what he's been doing all these years, you're like, oh, it's just a bit gross now and a bit just not real, like a bit insincere. So that's, yeah, that's a bit of a difference for me, I guess. So I guess even, uh, so that's another one which I find interesting because like I, I've, you watch his stuff, right, Louis, or if you can remember it now, but like the weird part was he was so brazen. He was never lying. He always said exactly what he was and what he did, yeah, but everyone just assumed that he was, he was like being sarcastic. Coming at it from a... Yeah, or coming at it from, yeah, like a, like a self-aware or like exaggerating, like I'm the worst, I'm gross. I'm disgusting. And what I used to think was, no, you're not. The fact that you even think that about yourself just shows that you're so (laughs) self-aware and you're amazing. King, go off. (laughs) (laughs) When in actuality, he was just confessing. Yeah, he was just confessing the whole time. Like that's... That's what I, I think is funny. I said that's what the because like I would have been like again me being having he issues. He's you. saying it the whole time. <laughs> he was literally saying the whole time. He's a piece of shit, and this is what he does. And everyone's like cheering on, but then it actually has like you're like oh shit. I guess we should listen. Yeah, like because I almost think like it's a part of it's like, and I'm not defending him in terms of the reaction is appropriate, and especially by far his reaction to the news coming out. That's the part where he really was unacceptable I think like not that the other stuff wasn't unacceptable but like there was still space there for somewhere to come back from and his reaction to it was yes that was tone deaf so out of the blue yeah I was not expecting that at all he could he was in actually in a golden position to have a huge glowing growth from it but instead uh yeah even just one bit one bit about it you know before you know three years later yeah yeah but nothing no no well actually no they did so I'll be honest, it did I didn't pay for it, but someone when the new one came out, it was shared with me and he does he does mm-hmm. he does do a slight reference to it and it's very smooth. Yeah. It's very smooth. I have seen that. Okay. Bit. Yes, right. yeah, I yeah. have. It's yeah. Very smooth. But I mean, it's like it's been years now, you know. I think what people were really like wishing and hoping that he would do is when he started gigging again, you know, when he started going back to the cellar and stuff of like is like just do your amazing Louis CK self-awareness bits. Do one of those about what's happened, but instead he just went back into normal shit and didn't address it until his next special kind of thing. Yeah, so was, that, I think that's what people are really disappointed about. Do you know there's a special from like 2008 where he literally talks about showing a mentally disabled 11-year-old his penis when he's 10 years old and the whole crowd is roaring oh, with laughter? I don't remember that. And he's like, oh, that's true. <laughs> he's on stage saying oh, it <laughs> at Carnegie Hall. <laughs> the whole he's crowd. saying it and the whole crowd's live and he's like, that's Carnegie true. Like, he's like, that's true, I did that when I was 10 years old. They were like, no, 
it's not, Louis, you rascal. <laughs> that's what I mean. It's no, so it's ridiculous how much he's <laughs> he's literally. That's oh, it's man. true, man. I did that. <laughs> I guess it, I'd love to see a fucking like stu- like there'll be studies and shit into this like uh, Me Too era, you know, in the future. I'd love to fucking read, you know, some kind of psychological breakdown of how he did that for so long. I guess people just kind of let it. I, I, again, the part of me that finds it. It's willfully ignorance, and yeah. that's I think. I think so. What happens is what I did about Michael Jackson for so long. And this book, apparently. <laughs> well, I mean, this book doesn't sound like it's very much hiding anything. Actually, no, yeah. It's, the book isn't hiding anything either. It turns no, out. it's told me exactly what it was and I forgot about it for years, apparently. Yeah, and you just uh, assumed it was fine, I guess. Just a, a, a fun... <laughs> Frolic in an attic. That's what I thought. So I actually want to. I do because it's a comedy thing. I do want to ask a bit about that. You so Louise, you're in, like was that the kind of inspiration? That's the kind of person you liked. He was a big one. Yeah, he was. Yeah, was that before you? Have you always wanted to do comedy, or did you kind of fall into it? Or um, I've always been a comedy fan, like huge stand-up comedy fan. Um, like early mentioned, like getting obsessive about things. So like through high school and stuff, I was like super obsessive about comedy, uh, mainly like Australian stand-up and like travelling down to Melbourne to watch the gala and stuff. And just like because on free-to-air TV, it was mainly like the specials you'd see were the gala and the little, you know, showcases that various festivals would put on. Um, So then, yeah, I was just really obsessed with stand-up, but I just never knew that you could just like do it. I just, I, I don't know what I thought. I thought that like people had to be like invited to do it and I didn't know about open mics or anything. Like I didn't know there was a level beneath the people on television. Now I know there's about 50 levels beneath <laughs> that. <laughs> there's so many levels, yeah. And um, yeah, so then it just, uh, yes, yeah, so then I went to uni and just kind of fucked around and then when I was like, when I was 25, I started listening to podcasts. That's kind of when podcasts started to become really like starting to get mainstream-ish and um, just listening to like comedians podcasts talking about open mics and stuff and I was like, oh, okay, so just like you can just go. So I just Googled Sydney open mic and I went to one and I just did like a handful of gigs and then I moved overseas for a while and just kind of stopped doing it and then when I came back when I was 27, that's when I properly got into it and moved to Sydney. Oh, okay, then. So that's when you actually moved to Sydney to do it. Yeah, probably. But it sounds like... Considering you've described yourself as like this ultra-obsessive personality, but then you just kind of did whatever and moved overseas and did whatever, it sounds like you didn't know what you were kind of... That doesn't sound like the most obsessive part of your life. No, like obsessive, like not... Yeah, not in like stuff that mattered or (laughs) progressed my life in any way. Just obsessive about like anything that like pop culture that I was into. So yeah, Michael Jackson, comedy, that kind of stuff. But yeah, it took years before I learned that anyone can just go and do an open mic. Yeah. Just, just never clocked in my head. It's pretty cool. Like it is fun until podcasts came along. Yeah, yeah. You've got your, you got the one podcast now, right? Here on the Sands. I've Pants. got a podcast now too, fellow Sands Pants. Um, it's the Ladies Guide to Dude Cinema that I host with uh, my fellow comedian and best friend Beck Charwood, and it's very fun. Is that and that's like you guys talking about the movies that guys recommend that you should watch? Yes, so much fun. If anyone hasn't listened, please come over. We have a great time. We basically realized we both realized a few years ago that neither of us are big movie buffs and we've always felt so shamed for not being movie buffs and not seeing all these like iconic films and having the, you know, the bucket list of films that like I have to, I have to watch that at some point. And I, at that time I was dating a guy whose 
favourite films was Lord of the Rings and I'd never seen Lord of the Rings. And um, I could tell that he was disappointed when he learnt that information. (laughs) And um, so I was like just talking to Beck about it. She's like, that happens to me all the time. And we're like, what is with this? And we were a bit tipsy and then we were like, we should do a podcast about it. And then we did. So now we just watch, yeah, each episode is just us uh, talking about one of these movies that dudes have always been like, you can't believe you haven't seen Die Hard, that kind of stuff. <laughs> I can't believe you haven't seen Die Hard. <laughs> well, I have not seen Die Hard. We're saving that one. That's our big one. That's our like magnum opus or whatever what? that term is. <laughs> yeah, Die Hard. Oh, my. We're saving that. I was like, how did she do it? <laughs> how did she? And it's funny you mentioned Lord of the Rings because that's like one of my favourite bloody books series mm-hmm. as well as movie thing before. Oh. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you prefer the books or the movies? The books, obviously. I'm obligated to say that. Okay. My favourite one is actually okay. <laughs> The Silmarillion, which is the background mythology of the Lord of the Rings universe. That's my favourite one right, so of the book. I've heard about all this stuff. Wow, so you're a real, you're a real nerd. You're a big Lord of the Rings nerd. Yeah. Like... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You're deep. In. Oh, it's so deep. Good for you. So deep. I know the names of all the gods and stuff. It's 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 bad. But uh, you know. all right, name them all now. Go. <laughs> okay, <Sorry>. Manwe <laughs> Iluvatar's the main god. He's the one who <laughs> sung the song of making and brought into being uh, the Valar. But yeah, uh, yeah, we'll go into that later. Of course, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really you. beautiful. It's the only origin <laughs> myth that involves song. But anyways, um, that's nice. Is this what your dates are like? <laughs> These guys. Yeah, pretty much. I know exactly how to talk in this conversation. <laughs> it sounded like you're like, oh yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, 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 Marella. You just say you just say things back to them a beat behind when they've said it, and then it sounds like you know what they're talking is about. Is that what? It's an art. Is that what guys are like? Not all hashtag not all men, um, <laughs> but but plenty. Look, it's just overwhelmed. Like we've also done. I've definitely been like we call it dude cinemad, meaning you've been shamed for not seeing something or like a- aggressively recommended something. No matter if you actually are the type of person to like that kind of movie or not. Um, so that's <laughs> Love this. What we kind of call dude cinemaing. So I have been I have been dude cinemaed by women as well, you know, by all genders. But overwhelmingly, it's mainly dudes who just feel so passionately about their favorite movies, and it like it's like a personal offense if you haven't seen their favorite movie or if you didn't like their favorite movie. We just kind of find that there's like just a lack of like awareness or taking into consideration yet if you're the kind of person who would enjoy Lord of the Rings. Because I'm not like I don't like I'm not a fantasy person. Like I've never been into fantasy films or anything. Like I really love stuff like thrillers and like stuff that's set in reality that like could happen. It's like incest. <laughs> Like incest. Okay. Fingers crossed. There is a theme. There is a theme. <laughs> yeah, so definitely, yeah, if we've found that a lot of guys are just get their blinders on and they're just like, this is my favourite movie, you have to see it, you will love it. I mean, I don't think I've ever done that, but then mm. another part of me thinks I've probably definitely done that like every day. I'm not sure. Sure. Because <laughs> I don't think I'm doing probably. it, but at the same time I probably sound. That means you're doing it. <laughs> It just means that they that they want you to enjoy something that they enjoy, but the, the vehicle of how it how it happens, the you know the aggressiveness mm. and the shaming. Uh, yeah. If you have it, like, yeah, that's where that's what we're working on changing. But with this podcast, yeah. that's our one podcast episode. That's how we're changing the yeah. world. Yeah. It's it's a, it's it's nice. It's a good goal, I think. 
Um, yeah. The, since we're touching on all different parts of your what you're doing at the moment, the other one I saw mm. you doing, or you were doing the Rove Saturday Night thing. Oh, yeah, Saturday Night Rove yeah. last year. Last year, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The short-lived but very fun Saturday Night Rove. How short-lived was that? We were commissioned for like six episodes and then they canned us after two. But it was it was like... It was great fun. It was like a, if it, I'm, well, I was going to say, if, it, if anyone didn't see it, which most people didn't see it, <laughs> that's why it was cancelled. How could it cancel after <laughs> two episodes? Look, I know. It's a, it's a big, it's a big scary world in the, in the TV industry. With that name attached to it, they um, literally canned it up. I just can't believe that. That's. And it was it was such a fun show too. Like it was it was based, it was kind of like Rove Live, but like reimagined for for modern times. So we had like a lot more sketches and stuff, and we had you know an interview. And I was one of the writers and like cast members, and it was such a fucking great time. He's the best guy. Oh yeah, you don't work for him yeah, now. You can be honest now. He can be. I know. Yeah, I know. This is me being oh, honest. How so crazy. boring. He is. He is exactly who you think he is. That personality. That's him. That's beautiful. That sounds like a fun time as well. Were you writing scripts there? Is that what you were doing? Yeah, so it was uh, me and uh, a few others. We had Evan Williams, Alex Lee, Justin Hamilton. We're in the writing staff. And we, we were basically, yeah, basically just writing sketches or writing like live segments that we were doing. It was just, I mean, again, we only went for two episodes. So we didn't fully get to properly sink our teeth yeah, in. And establish but, even what you guys were doing each and stuff like that. Yeah, and Chris, Chris Taylor was our, um, I should put like, MVP, Chris Taylor was our head writer. He was great. I can't believe that's two episodes is crazy short, to be honest. Yeah, but I, I mean, I don't know. That was kind of like my first foray into into television probably. So it was a big learning learning curve. Did you see how structure and all that stuff? Yeah, just what what everyone does, the politics of it all, very interesting. Oh, that is, so there is a lot of politics all the way through? Yeah. I mean, it's network television, yeah. Lot of, lots of hierarchy and stuff. All oh, right. Very interesting. Really? It's so hard. Mm. I can't. I, I don't know if I can ever figure that stuff out. I'm very bad at that. Me too. My, my lack of context <laughs> understanding again. It really bites me in the ass sometimes. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. I guess the only other part I kind of want to touch on before I guess we sign off. We've gone all over the place. So I just want to go back to this just mm. to see. You were talking about like, okay, do you still like stuff that no one else? That's kind of your thing. Do you still have like a little bit of something, you know, like just like these books when you were younger, you were looking into it or Michael Jackson, I don't know how much you shared that love with others. Is that something you've mm-hmm. stopped doing as much now or just as much or? Uh, I think it's weird because like, because comedy was such a big focus and obsession and now that's what I like am doing that I kind of, I guess, haven't found another thing to become obsessed with. It's just more like that because it's actually so much of my life now so I think it's no I haven't really branched out into any other weird obsessions as of late <laughs> like the other reason I'm asking is like a part of me just thinks of like how you, before you were showing how you hadn't found the thing you liked or you weren't doing the thing you liked and now that you are it you don't have that outlet needed anymore do you know what I mean I guess so yeah I guess so because this was my outlet so now it's part of it mm. but instead yeah yeah and again, maybe. I never really thought about it. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just throwing mm-hmm. stuff out there. Seriously, just trying to see anything. Sure. See if it hits. I love it. I, we actually always ask this uh, at the end of every episode. Do you feel like you've found any maybe new connections you didn't realize you had with the book? Yeah, definitely. Just has r- reminded me that yeah, I was into like just messed up psychological shit from a young age. Just like fascinated by it. Not in a, into it. Like I don't want to do the things. 
you know, <laughs> was it? I mean, I, I didn't say them. that. So thank you. <laughs> I could see in your eyeballs. I could see. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so like, yeah, it's just a downside of Zoom. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, I've it's illuminated that that I've just been into like messed up psycho psychology shit for a long time, and in another you know alternate dimension timeline, I probably would have gone on like used my degrees and gone in to be like a criminal psychologist or something. But comedies, so much more fun. <laughs> That's true. And if anyone had been like, well, you're really into this incest stuff, you're like, hey, I've been into it since I was 10 years old. Yeah. So. <laughs> I am OG. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> disturbing. Actually, I didn't even ask, did you, even though yeah. we, we are at the end totally, but was this, so you don't, you didn't share this, like, did your mum like this kind of stuff or was your nana or obviously she did, but you never talked about it? I think this this author must have been like, big at the time or something. And she was, I remember, like, she died, like, around the time that I was born. And then I think her, she was one of those, like, her legacy, the books just became super popular after she died and that's why they hired the ghostwriter to keep it going and stuff. So I think maybe around this time she was just really popular and then my parents didn't decide, like, look any further into it than that. Well, I mean, did they? Because maybe if you ever brought this up, because maybe, like, it turns out your mum or your nana... I will. I will. I mean, I already brought it up to my sister, like, did you know what that book was about? Um, so I'll definitely be hitting mum up with a few questions. Yeah, she could be like, oh, my God, I love this too. Yes, we can bond. <laughs> Not like that, Not though. Not like that. Not like, Not like that. that, yeah. If it was your dad, it'd be like, okay, this is what this is, this got grooming implications. I don't like this. <laughs> My dad doesn't read. <laughs> okay, we're safe. It's in the good range. That's nice and safe. I don't know if that's yeah. that sounds potentially yeah, very better. Safe. Yeah, the safe man. He's a safe man. Uh, well, <laughs> like I said, we've gone off around a lot today, but uh, thank you so mm. much for being on the show, Alex. You've been so much fun. Ah, uh, thank you, thank you so much for having me. This has been delightful. True that. Thank you very much. Thanks, George. Thanks for listening. If you want to help support this show and all the other shows we do here at Sans Pants Radio, then why not subscribe to SansPantsPlus.com? For as little as $5 a month, you could have access to a whole bunch of bonus shows and content. Once again, that's SansPantsPlus.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.